Hey guys, Alex here, AJNashville.com, here with Mr. Greg Pease. What's up, buddy? I'm uh, excited to be here. We got a, we actually got a really good topic today. I mean, we always do, but today's, uh, today's exciting. I love how you throw that in there. You're like, we always do, but... <laughs> but today's even more than the last one. It yeah. is, it is. And, and this is actually, it, this is a podcast that hits home for the both of us. It does. Both of us are, are individuals that are, I would consider, heavily branded. Absolutely. We very, very, very much believe represent, display, um, and, and actively push our brand. Now, well, Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say the thing is, is most people, you know, the, the logo, for example, the logo is a representation of what? It's the marketing portion behind your brand. It lets people know that this logo represents Greg Pease. Bingo. That, that, that's, that's a piece I was just, I'm, I, I, just about to touch on that. Most people think of a brand as a logo. Right. But the logo is a representation of the brand, and then what is that brand? Exactly. It's symbolic. Absolutely. You know? An example that I give in a lot of, of, of occasions is you're driving down the interstate, um, two miles ahead, you know, the kids are in the back seat, they're screaming, they're making noise, and you see these big golden... Arches. Arches, yep, yep. And what do you know? You know that I can run through there, I can grab a burger, I can grab a Happy Meal for the kids, because you think Happy Meal, what do you think? McDonald's. 100% Absolutely. of the time. Every someone time. says Happy Meal, the first thought is McDonald's. That is part of their branding. Absolutely. You know exactly, and and maybe maybe some people like McDonald's, but you, <laughs> whatever that quality, the, you you are going to get the same sandwich every time. You're yep. going to get it, and in, in, you're going to get it pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's not a gourmet burger, but we know that it's going to be cost effective. We know yep. it's going to be fast. We know the kids are going to like it, and every time that's going to deliver at that level. Right. Well, and that was that was one big thing that Ray Kroc, uh, that he did with McDonald's, is he made a very fluid system to deliver a burger as quickly as possible. This way, they can put out more burgers more efficiently. Absolutely. So the crazy thing is, is we're sitting here, we're talking about all the things that companies will, will do. do. Now, now where our conversation spiked yesterday is we started talking about, and, and I say we, this was totally you that brought this up. You, you allowed me to see things on a different angle that I've never seen them before. So I want to be clear on that. When you said, what about the things you don't do? Yep. You know, the things you're committed not to doing, the individuals you're committed to not working with. Because let's face it, in any form or fashion of business, it's not about the money. It's about the experience, and it's about the people you deal with along the way. The money is a, excuse me, is a byproduct, a byproduct. of that. You yep. know, you're yep. going to make some money, but are you miserable? You know, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and I told him, I said, you know why I like working with the veterans? Because we can sit there and we can tell jokes that are completely like, People look at you sideways about it. <laughs> different in and different you'll get a chuckle. You right, know? right, right. I mean, that's why I love it. But but the things people won't do. Right. And then and then where are we standing on those things? Uh, essentially, you know, I would suggest think about your brand as uh, it needs to have a culture. Right. Yep. And when we think of a culture, I mean, I do. We um, I think of like a group of people and how do they interact together. Um, your brands, the people that buy into your brand, that's that group of people. Yep. Um, that becomes your community and the community that follows you that like all the things that you do. Right. So we're, you know, we're all, we're positive, we're fast, we're happy, we're professional. Okay. All the things that we do, the people that are following us for what we do, yeah. um, you know, that, that these become, uh, again, our community, our culture. And then to protect that community, we got to determine essentially what are our house rules? Yeah. What's Allowables. not going to go? What, what would we say, Hey, you're not going to be able to be part of that community because we don't do that here. Right. Um, right. And then that, that really starts standing up and putting life into that brand. Well, it weeds out the non-desirables, you know, the, the people that aren't there 
for the right reasons. And there's a group for them. There is. There absolutely is. But but you want to weed them out in the beginning because those people can sometimes become cancerous. 100%. Because they don't believe in the same things that maybe the message you're trying to push. So you can't take an alcoholic and put them in a group, an active alcoholic, put them in a group of people that are recovering with a six-pack of beer. Because absolutely. guess what's going to happen? He's going to have five or six of them people that are sitting there drinking by the end of his term there. And it's, sp- it's spreading. You're losing your culture. And, and, and to say, you know, it sounds so, when we say your culture, it, your culture is, and hopefully, hopefully, you know, each brand and my brand, to help people. Yeah. If I didn't protect that community of people that came for help, I would be not doing what I said I was going to do with my right. brand. Right. Well, you know what? And this takes me back to an earlier conversation we had. We were talking about... Um, there's a water and and remind me of the company that does this. There's a water. And basically they're like, if you sell your soul to us, we'll send you a case of water. Oh yeah. 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 Um, is it death water? Death water. So, so the death water culture, like the people that are going to follow that, this is, it's speaking to them. You know, I think they have like a slogan that says proudly not for everyone. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and they've even, um, taken, negative reviews and then posted them. them boldly yeah. to say, hey, this is why people don't like us and we're right. not for everyone. But see, the, the what we won't do is is outlined right there. It, literally, it's right it's in your clear. face. It's like, we're not we gonna won't conform. conform. Right, exactly. we're not going to conform. We're for the, we're for the uh, eccentric. You for, know? Exactly, for a certain type of individual. We're not here to service and be with everybody. And you those know, people, sh- they need that space protected to be eccentric and be happy there. They do. It's, it's still just water at the end of the day. Well, and, and this goes back to what we were talking about, you know. We got, a, we got an opportunity with a good friend of ours yesterday to sit around, eat a burger, kind of joke and laugh and, and be ourselves, so to speak, yeah. where you can maybe interact in a way that you would not normally interact in front of people you didn't know. You know, absolutely, and that kind of—that's one of those things that, with that brand, you know that this is a protected area. You know, this goes; absolutely. this other stuff doesn't. So you talked about um, how with your because those of you that are listening, Greg is is doing a tremendous job on. Uh, motivating people, helping people grow, kind of pushing that positive message and taking people under his wing in order to allow them to achieve levels they never imagined before, you know, previously. But the one thing he said when we were talking is, in my group, there is no mental health jokes. Like, that's not funny. That's not something that's going to interact in our group. And the biggest thing with that is I want the, the guardsmen, so to speak, if they see someone making mental health jokes that they say, hey, dude, that's not cool. We're not right. doing that here. Well, you and know? your culture long term will take care of it. Now, now there's 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 a, a place for jokes, right? right? But inside that group, people that are looking for help, whether it be depression or trauma or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, we're not going to normalize that it's okay to walk around. You know, when we make these jokes, we, it's like – you know, oh, life's in shambles. It's okay. Yeah. No, no, like that's funny, but but we're right. not going to normalize that as an acceptable behavior in this culture. Right. Yeah, because it's it's a therapeutic environment, so to speak. Correct. You know, that's kind of like my car forums. I get in there to to talk about cars and figure things out and all the other stuff. But here's the funny thing: the the groups I'm in, they kind of oust any other vehicle that's not within that culture of group. <laughs> right. 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 And so it allows for the kind of that that environment where you have. A lot of knowledge. I mean, some of these people, the things they know about these cars is just like, you're like, holy cow, dude. Like, did you build these things or what's the situation here? Um, you know, there's compassion, they'll, but they'll push out people in a heartbeat. Like, if you're a troll and you get in there and you're like, hey, I love Fords, and you're in a Toyota group, they're going to be like, see ya. You know, right, the doors right, over right. Here. Well, that, that is the... In- 
is my, my, my belief, my opinion. That's the epitome of culture right there. Right. right. Um, whether you do it with in a room physically with people or virtually, once you say, and, and I've heard the um, time frame of six months to a year, but when I get done, I actually want to ask you a question. But but after you have, you know, six months to a year, after you have created that culture, after you've protected that, after that, your people will naturally, they're not going to, it's going to be uncomfortable for people that are not part of that culture to be part of that culture. Right. They will right. end up removing themselves. Yes. Um, they won't even have to be there. But I wanted to ask you, you, you your your brand is, is uh, it's more mature than mine. What would you suggest uh, that time frame is? Let's say someone's just starting. Well, I'm, I'm just starting my brand. How long do you think it takes to build, a, to bring life to that brand mm-hmm. and to start standing up a culture that operates uh, on its own? What would you suggest to someone out there? That's That's a very... That's a question of how much you're willing to commit, you know, wow. and, and you know this because you're willing to commit. You're willing to try anything, you know, to now when I say try anything, I, I'm talking about try suggestions that you see um, have a, a, a end result. Yeah, yeah a result that's that's favorable of what you're trying to accomplish. Um, man, it, it took years, you know, because the thing is, is, is with my brand initially when I started pushing it, there was some feedback people People kind of, oh, man, I wish I could have used my initials to create a brand. And, and it was sarcasm. It wasn't right, like, hey, right, dude, right. you did something awesome. So, you know, you have to get in and you got to overcome that that negative feedback that you're absorbing. And it's natural to absorb that, mm-hmm. you know, because you're sitting like, and what I'm doing, is this right? Like, is this okay? But I, I got to the mindset where it was like, you know what? I'm going to live this brand. This is me. I'm going to wear the shirts. I'm going to wear the hats. The, I mean, dude, you, you see me quite a bit. I always have an AJ. Like, always branded. Always, always. Always. I think the only other shirt I wear is I wear my buddy Doug Cooks. He's the, the vet's vet. He's a lender out in Utah. I wear yours until Shannon got bleach on, not the one you just gave me, but the other one. Um, but but you know Dude, I know when 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 I'm getting uh, when I'm getting close to the parking lot when we're meeting up I know to see if you're there because it has AJ all over your truck <laughs> exactly exactly but but that my thing is this Ralph Lauren doesn't pay you for the little horse on your shirt that you paid eighty bucks for right but nope. the logo on my shirt pays me because that's me that's my brand that's what I deliver and so when I display my brand and this is where I, when I'm in public I'm not obnoxious I'm not disrespectful I'm not cussing I'm not you know overly drunk to where I'm stumbling around. Like I have to represent that. What you exactly? Know? Ralph Lauren, people know they're like, Oh dude, that's the polo horse. He doesn't own that brand. They don't care if you're a jackass and a polo horse because it, it has nothing to do with that brand itself. Now, if everybody that was, let's take BMWs, for example, people see a BMW and they immediately think that dude's a prick. Why? Because that's kind of the reputation the BMW drivers have, yeah, yeah. you know, that's a little bit different than, than, the brand itself being represented, right, in a different right, way. right, right. No, absolutely. So we well, look at it like that. That's kind of like that. Uh, the owner's brand, if you will. But BMW, exactly. you know, I mean, the, the brand of BMW. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've heard it before to say it's a driving experience. It is. Um, you know, it's not just driving; it's right. an experience that you have. And and you know, BMW is definitely known for its experience. It is, and it's it's about like with the BMW brand, for example. You know, they they pump exhaust note into the speakers. So literally, when you're driving and you're accelerating, there's a slight, subtle exhaust note that's coming through your speakers. Why? Because you want to feel like you're engulfed in this machine that's just ready to take off at any point. And that's part of their brand, the driving experience, the ultimate driving machine, you know. Um, well, and when you look at, uh, so, and, and I don't want to, 
overspeak for BMW. If I'm speaking wrong, BMW, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when we look at, so what, what I'm seeing from the outside looking in, yeah. um, I mean, roughly speaking, I don't, you know, oil changes, new tires, a little bit pricier than some other vehicles probably, right? right? Okay. Right. But, but BMW did not say someone, someone probably found out, I, I won't even ask you what you pay for an oil change, but, <laughs> but someone sat at the table, I have to assume and said, hey, that's too much. And BMW said, we won't lower the price. Yeah. Yeah. We will deliver all the quality on every single oil change yep. and we're not lowering the price. Well, and it's the experience. So How like many you people said, probably thought, oh, they'll never get that much for an oil change somewhere back when, I don't know when. And they literally line up for them. Line up. Like if you've ever been at a BMW service department, there's literally cars lined up like, what are you here for? An oil change. Oh, yep. the $200 oil change? Gotcha. <laughs> you know? but, but see, it, it goes into the experience. So they will not budge. On what they believe, that every individual that enters into their service department, they wrap, doesn't matter if your car is a 1983 or a, a 2021, they will put plastic on your seats. They will put paper down on the floor. Mm. Um, their individuals that get in there are clean. So it's not somebody that's been underneath your car and they're driving your car back around into the service bay. So they're not going to risk your car being damaged because they want that experience to be something positive from start to finish. Yeah, yeah. You walk That's into huge. their their uh, their waiting room and you can see your vehicle from in there. You can you know there's a list of drinks and stuff like that you can get while you're in that area. They're not going to sacrifice your comfort while your vehicle is being maintained. Absolutely. You know? I mean, they could, and you got to think. So somewhere, someone, the brand could have not had that luxury waiting room. Right. The brand could have put solid walls up instead of windows. That would have I'm yep. sure the windows had to cost more. Yeah. The brand could have not wrapped your vehicle. That would have saved them money. Right. And then they could have passed the savings on to you and been a hundred dollar oil change at fifty percent less. And what does that mean over the life of the whole entire car? But right. that brand said we will not. Yep, we will not. And same with Porsche. So I know you don't see these year in clearance events for Porsches and stuff like that. And the reason is is Porsche will not discount their product. If you want to drive a Porsche, you're going to pay. And if you want a Porsche that's That's built, you're going to wait. That's the thing. I I see people all the time. It'll be, hey, I ordered my Porsche in 2020. When's it due back? Oh, it'll be here in 2021. Well, hold on a second. You just spent $800,000 for a car (laughs) that's a a year year old? No, it's a year old. (laughs) Like When you receive it, it's already used. It's not literally used, but it's a year old. But why? Because the quality we put in our vehicles takes time. And we're not going to shortcut the quality that we put in our vehicles in order to achieve something that's substandard. You know, yes, you can go to a mini car lot, or you can go to a a BMW even, or or Porsche, or or not. I'm sorry, not Porsche. Some of these other retailers, you can go to a car lot and get one off the showroom floor. Mm-hmm. But if you want certain features and items and everything else, it has to be made. But by, by knowing. We, the consumer side, we know what they will do for us. Right. But again, on that brand side, they determined what they would not do. Correct. And that built Correct. that built what what was left and what they will do every single time. Well, and it keeps the value. It keeps the rarity. You know, Corvette's kind of like that too, um, with, with the convertible vehicles and the you know the MSRP versus what they actually sell for. Like these are all cultures, mind you. When you see a Corvette, you usually see a Corvette owner. And what I mean by that is you have an individual that is more of a purist. They're going to leave the vehicle kind of stockish besides, you know, some some Corvette-approved upgrades, you know, Lingenfelter yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but more importantly, these are individuals that they, they buy the vehicle, they keep the vehicle for a couple of years so the new body style comes out, and then they jump to the next one, then they go to the next one, they go to the next one. And the thing is, is if you're the person that shows up with the Corvette that's lowered and big old wheels on and a sound system, you're going to get a sideways look, and you will be that's that huge. individual 
that you're like, I don't belong it here. It wouldn't be comfortable in that culture. Exactly. That's huge. That's exactly. an outstanding example. And and it's funny because we joke and we're like, someone gets a Corvette and you're like, oh, dude, midlife crisis. You know, <laughs> right. what are you going through right now? Or here, let me buy you a Corvette hat and some New Balance 666s that are white, <laughs> you know. But but there's some truth to that. Yeah. Because most people that can afford to maintain and buy those newer vehicles, they're a little bit older in age, they're a little bit more established, they know what they want, they're very pure. And when I say pure, for those of you listening that aren't into cars, purist means you keep the vehicle as stock as possible or as stock looking. You know, you may swap out the wheels, but the wheels may be swapped out with what's generally accepted by Corvette owners as being right. an acceptable replacement for factory. You right, know? right. I'm I'm kind of the opposite of that. I don't know. If you walk past my car coming in. I'm kind of like I don't care. I bought it. I'll do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got a few uh, personalizations. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, so what about um, when I thought about even bringing up the example of the uh, that uh, restaurant example we heard mm-hmm. uh, just the other day around? Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, uh, a buddy of mine was uh, telling me so he, he, for a restaurant change he was he was doing some uh, corporate training and they had some role playing going on and and then they uh, so the two there there was a guest and then there was a, a manager uh, for the role playing the manager gets called over the table and the guest had asked for another server uh, because they didn't want to be served by someone that was um, homosexual. Wow. And so I thought and the, and the the guest asked very nicely. Right. And so I was sitting in the room and I was like. I honestly, I, I thought I was like, well, they didn't say nothing to the server. Right. Um, maybe we get them another server, server politely. And the the, the manager role play um, asked the guest to leave. Wow. And the brand accolade that that is their I, I, that was their brand standard. Yeah. Um, they were not going to have their team members feel lesser to serve another human. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. That was huge. Oh, that's, uh, dude, that, but that's so impactful. That's so powerful. That's saying, hey, we don't care about your money. We care about what we represent. Absolutely. And we care about our people within our culture, within our business, within our walls, that we're going to support 100%. And if you're not going to respect that, there's the door. Well, and how powerful is the brand that... It's not only protecting the consumer, but the team member. Yeah, absolutely. And in total, like the, the the consumer didn't lose protection in that move. Right, right. Uh, you know, that person didn't get to be part of the culture. Yeah. Because they, they didn't fit into this culture. Right. But but there's there's a restaurant for that person too. There is absolutely, and you're 110 percent right. There's a restaurant somewhere where they're like, hey, you don't want to be served by this individual because of whatever your disparities or bigotry or whatever it may be. You can come over here. We'll take care we'll of We'll take you. care of this but, spot, whatever. But yep. you'll notice the individuals that are in that place, they all start to kind of look the same. Correct. And I don't mean that from a literal standpoint. So the other day I was I was at Academy uh, and I was picking up some ammo. You know, I was actually not there for the ammo. I was there to pick up some socks for Rowan, which they did not have. But <laughs> I'm standing in line and the buzz through the line is everybody's and, hey, there whenever, for ammo. And whenever I go for socks and they don't have it, I pick up ammo too. Exactly. They're <laughs> like, you know what? You're not going to have socks on these shotgun shells. <laughs> that would go ahead. But, uh, That's great. The, the line ends up being a bunch of people waiting for ammo because they get their shipments on certain days. And the funny thing was, is I'm standing there now and I'm, I'm looking at these individuals and I'm like, these people are very much alike. I'm not saying they're not white, they're not black, they're not yellow, they're not whatever. Right. I'm not saying they're not short, they're not tall, they're not Culturally this, they're not that. Culturally speaking. But you could put these people in the same room, and, and, and they were literally doing this in line. Everyone's joking and laughing and having a good time. And then when they opened the door, everybody stayed in a single file line back to the ammo department to pick up their ammo. They knew what they needed to do. Exactly. They and knew. And the culture kept that. Literally, I heard people in line, hey, so how's this work? Oh, okay, so what they're going to do is they're, you're going to go back there and they're going to tell you you can 
can have three boxes, what caliber, blah, blah, blah. Like the culture outstanding told the new members. Culture. Yeah, that told the new members, this is how this goes. And everybody was accepting of it, and it flowed. Dude, it was And they didn't have to seamless. pay an employee to come out and say it. There was there was a time where the line was a certain way, I have to assume. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. they said, no, we're, we're not doing it that way. Like in order to be served here, you're going to have to do that straight. Correct. Now they don't have to pay someone to stand out there and say it. The yep. culture's alive. And those are the people you make your moderators. Absolutely. So in this case, you know, you're not going to have Academy Sports moderators standing in line like, hey, I was here last Friday. Uh, this is <laughs> how this way. goes, right? <laughs> yeah. But but the culture provides that. It speaks for itself. You know, it and, will every time. And the groups and the the people, you know, let's take your brand, for example. If somebody was to degrade your brand in front of me, I would say that's not okay. You know, why? Well, because I know Greg Pease and I know what he stands for and I know this and everything you're saying is false right now. Right. I would stand for that because I know your brand, because right, I know right. Greg Pease. And the expectation is as your brand grows, people have enough of a positive thought process of you that and they say exposure of yeah, you, oh, for and sure. your brand. That they're like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do what's right here. Right. Um, unfortunately, not all situations are like that. A lot of times people will stand by and they'll just okay, whatever, let them drive it into the ground. But that's a person that probably doesn't actually belong in that brand, and they're just kind of there for a little bit. And and it's it's possible. Just keep in mind, you know, when we say a little bit, you know, we may have built our brand because we want to help people at whatever yeah. level we're doing, whatever the thing is that we're providing, whatever the service or product or, or thing is that we're providing. We want to help people. Sometimes we get distracted and like, well, I can help everyone. Right. Well, seven billion people. Like that's not even a realistic goal there's ever. No never way. You can help never. Everyone. No so way. there's 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 only like so much that you can help. Let's help the ones that are gonna have the most impact. Yes. It's not about me that they enjoyed working with me, but it's about them. If they didn't enjoy it, they're not gonna have as big of an impact. Right. right. So let right. me work with people that are gonna enjoy working with me. Yep. And and so the biggest piece around that is not trying to just satisfy everything and getting wishy washy on your word. If today we don't do it, but tomorrow we can because you want to do it. Yeah. No, we have to say no, and, and we might not be able to uh, bring f- business to fruition right here. And and for my brand, right. I will make several recommendations of the next place you could go oh, to yeah. give your money. Oh, always, always. I, I do the same thing. Now, mind you, those of you that are listening, you may or may not know this. I'm a mortgage lender, and there's a lot of cases where I'll sit and I'll look at somebody's situation. And I say, hey, I'm not the best fit for you. You need to go talk to so-and-so over and here. that's the most important thing for you to do for exactly. your business, not only for you, but for every other client that you are working with right in that moment. Right, and the word of mouth that comes from that. Like people don't, they're like, why would you do that? You're losing business. No, I'm not. I just gained the respect of that individual because I told them I'm not good at it. So they're going to go to the person that's going to service them the best, get the best possible experience. That person, the, but the person that serves them enjoys you. Right. And the person you sent enjoys exactly, you. Exactly. Because now they're going to get what they want. They're going to get the service they need. And you when know? that person goes out, let's say you send someone somewhere else for, for mortgage, whatever the case may be, right? The U.S. don't do business and they leave. Mm-hmm. That is your brand. Yeah. That is integrity, not just as a word that we slap on the side of a van, but the right. action. That right. was integrity. They can now speak and live your brand. Well, and you heard me tell Big Mike yesterday um, when we were when we were breaking, and I said, look, I'm going to connect you to this person. I can't guarantee what it is he's going to deliver you from a product standpoint, but I'm going to make the connection. I'm going to allow you two to hash out what it is you're looking to do. The reason why I was very clear on that is because I didn't know what to expect from his brand. I just knew that that person's brand represented a want and a need that Big Mike had. Right. And so it's like, here, I'm going to bridge the gap here 
but I'm not going to validate anything I that they may or brand. may not do. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. I'm just bridging the gap. That's huge. And that's part of what I do. That's part of your brand. Exactly. And it's part of when I tell people, and I'll tell people, I'll tell people flat out, they'll call me and say, hey, what do you think about this and this person? Would you hire them? And I say, I would never recommend you hire anybody based on my merits. You hire them because they're worthy of whatever it is you're trying to fill as far as the position is concerned, but I would never expect you to do it because I know who this person is. Yeah. And I make that very clear because I'm look, I love people. I do. But I'm not vouching for somebody's performance unless I can 100% know that, hey, this right. person's right. – they're the best, period. That's everything. You know? That's your character. That's your word. Right, and, right. And, and, and through those actions, again, that is your brand. Yep, absolutely. So um, we're going to wrap this thing up. I mean, we can go on forever. And, and those of you that are listening, you know, the biggest takeaways I want you to um, take from this is it's easy for us to identify and be like, I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this. But it's very hard for us to say, what are our non-negotiables? What are the things, there is no question we're not doing this. And, you know? and um, let me dive in real quick before we get yeah. out. A big, a big piece is in the beginning of any brand, venture, business, right? We're like, what, do you, you know, what does anyone need? I'll service it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I have to encourage you, even from the beginning, create your non-negotiables, create your brand standards, because later on, you're going to be so busy, you say, I can't do that. Yeah. Now you've damaged your brand. And your reputation. And your reputation. So what definitely I, start strong. Go ahead. I, I tell people all the time, I say, tell me what your ideal client looks like. And in our business, we always get someone that's paying cash. That's not your ideal client. Your ideal client isn't paying cash because I know people that I wouldn't work with that are willing to pay cash. Absolutely. So when you identify your ideal client, the person you like to work with, the person that has a common belief, the person you can relate to, it's very easy at that point to define your do's and don'ts. Like I know people that are so passionate about football, they're like, oh, that person's a Buffalo fan. I would never work with them. Okay, cool. That's, that's fair enough. That's what you won't There's do. There's your brand. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's huge. So, um, but identify that perfect client, and that will start helping you outline your, your this is what I will do, this is what I won't do, these are my negotiables, these are my non-negotiables. So um, just like the Jerry Springer show, like we talk about all the time, closing thoughts. Yeah, so uh, even uh, just double down on, determine what you're, what would you give up business for? Yeah. Those are your non-negotiables. Think about that and be great. And and I guess I just want to add one thing to that. Determine what violates your your code of ethics, your morality, and ask yourself, am I willing to sacrifice either one of those things for a dollar, you know, a transaction, right. a relationship? I mean, anything. You can distill it down to the smallest effort in your life and and ask yourself, am I willing to negotiate what it is I feel, what it is I believe in order to service this? So... I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Another awesome show, just like you said in the beginning. (laughs) This one was great. This one was really good. I, I was excited about it. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, we'll talk to you guys soon.